Welcome to another sizzling edition of Podcast Dark Elevation. I am your host, as always, Dirk Elevation, and this is the only podcast that gives you everything you need to know in the world of wrestling, as long as the things you need to know are who won and who lost on AEW's Dark and Dark Elevation programming. And I'll throw some other insights in there as we go along, but that's all complimentary. Those are fringe benefits, anything else that I get to, because the meat and potatoes here are dark and dark elevation. I would say, uh, I would say that I, I don't know which one is the meat and which one is the potatoes, but they are collectively that staple of the meal that we're eating here. We have two episodes that were filmed in front of crowds in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. They went down to that capital of the nation to get a sense of what America is, and they realized it stinks, and that's why they're in Canada this upcoming week. They, they, they got to the root of America and realized, I'm getting the hell out of here, at least for a week which is going to make for an interesting episode next week because I don't know what type of talent they will have for their darks and elevations. But I can tell you that when they were in D.C., they had Hikaru Shida defeating Erica Lee in two minutes and 40 seconds. And I've seen Erica Lee around. She's been around Worcester. I think that she's good. Did not realize she's actually... Uh, like a good sized uh, wrestler. I did not realize standing next to Sheeta, she was larger than Sheeta. That, that was surprised me. She doesn't wrestle very big. But Sheeta gets the win as, as she is wont to do. She had two belts written on her face this for this show, which is true. They are the Regina De Wave and the Ice Ribbon tag titles which are both I those don't sound like the types of titles that I'm used to but that doesn't make them any less special and I think that those are pretty cool I also think Sheeta opening a show is actually really good. like just I don't know if it's just the the drums to her song or the the way that the crowd pops, she comes out with the kendo stick. I would like to see Sheeta open up. We ha- we've seen women main event in AEW Dynamite and an AEW Rampage, but I don't believe we've ever seen a women's match open a show, and I would like to see that. We saw a mixed tag. We we saw an Adam Cole and Britt Baker against. Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander at, uh, match open a show, but we've never seen a real women's match open the show. And I would like to see that happen sometime. And I think Sheeta would be a great person to have open a show. It seems like Sheeta and Britt are certainly mad at each other. There, there's some animosity there. They're going to be fighting in a tag team match very soon. 
why not let let's see let's see Sheeta and Britt open up a, a curtain jerk with that sometime. Uh or or she maybe Sheeta and Jamie Hayter. Curtain jerk curtain jerk with that. And then give us another women's match later in the show. But I'd like to see that. Lance Archer defeats Papa Don. Better ingredients, better pizza. I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, Paul White, Large Paul, made some sort of uh, Papa John's Papa Don joke. In but he was you know, he was going off as usual. It, 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 it's kind of silly to have him and and Menard both out there, but it kind of also works in another way. He also said, uh, "Holy Sheeta should be a shirt for Hikaru Shida. And guess what, Paul? It is a shirt. So great research that you did before before the show. Great, great job. Uh, Papa Don lasted three minutes and ten seconds, which is as far as facing Lance Archer. That's not too bad. It's fun to say Papa Don. Papa Don. We're gonna we're gonna keep saying it. You know who Papa Don should tag with? Abaddon. We should have a Papa Don and Abaddon match. The Dons. They can, they can dress like their mafia members and call them the Dons. Papa Don and Abaddon. Lance Archer. It is unclear what what the plan is for him. What what what? Well, he's kind of come up again, and so is Papa Don. So we don't have to talk too much about either of them. Emi Sakura defeats Trish Adora in three minutes and ten seconds. Emi Sakura building up to what will be her bigger match on the next episode that we discuss. Trish Adora, I predicted last episode that we would see some of Trish Adora just because she is a a DC local. She definitely got a crowd reaction on both of the, her matches as a DC local. I am more okay with her losing to Emi Sakura than I am her losing to Sky Blue. We don't have to uh, always remind everybody that Trishadora was a troop. I don't think that that's a particularly interesting way to, to frame her. I know she kind of does like a salute thing and then like a hang loose single sim, signal so i guess that's part of but she's the afro punk there's nothing being a troop is not punk that's not when the clash did combat rock they were not telling you to enlist in the military so i like the afro punk it is a cool title name i'm glad that rickabani referred to her as the pan-african diaspora champion he didn't did not go into any further as to what that means, which is probably for the better because I don't think Mr. Menard or Mr. White were in any state to riff on that in a good way. I don't I'm not saying anything about their character. I'm just saying something about their character that they play. Not not their personal character, but the kayfabe character that they are. They're a little too goofy 
to 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 riff on something like that. But Paul did speak to how much he likes Trishadora, which I liked. I think I think that was a, a, a good use of because usually they don't really know very much about these other athletes, the the non regulars on the show. So to have him sing the praises of Trishadora, I think did I, I'm I'm gonna be biased on the show, and I'm always biased, and I'm biased in favor of Trisha Dora, and I hope that she does well, and I hope that she climbs up the card, and I hope that she has a big spot in the future of Ring of Honor. So, anytime we can see her, I'm gonna like it. I'm gonna be rooting for her to win sooner or la- rather than later. Emmy Sakura, we're going to get to her some more later. A lot, of, a lot of double ups just because of the nature of these two shows in the same place. One night and then one on Wednesday and then one on Friday. Josh Woods and Tony Nice with Mark Sterling defeat Action Andretti and Miles Hawkins. I... I, I guess that there's somewhere to go for Nice and Woods. I, I I got nothing. I don't really have much of a thought about this one. I it it went longer than I remembered it going. It was five minutes and fifty five seconds. I I I just don't know. They've lost a lot, Woods and Nice, on TV, and I don't know how much. In a stacked tag division, these these wins are going to do for them. I, it seems like Mark Sterling has a trick up his sleeve that we're going to see in Canada. Maybe he's going to declare asylum while he's there. Maybe I don't. Does he know Canadian law? Does Mark Sterling know anything? about the the Canadian law system, because I know that they do all of the silly British things up there. They wear, like, the powdered wigs. And then Mark, Mark Sterling, that would be very funny if he tries to do something, and then they're like, this is not valid under Canadian law, because you didn't have a silly powdered wig on when you, when you signed these documents. So this does not apply in this country. And then he gets his ass kicked by Swerve or by the Acclaimed or, oh, wow. I just realized we're going to get an Acclaimed Canada rap. Who? This will be, this will be good. Okay, let's, let's think about what's going to be the Canada rap from Max Caster. Because that's more interesting to me than talking about this match anymore. So the claim is here. Get you out of your routine. We're going to gobble you up like a big old plate of poutine. The, the claim is here. Oh, uh, so, something about uh, former Toronto mayor Rob Ford, who smoked crack, going to get smoked like Robert Ford. We're gonna smoke you like like we're Mayor Rob Ford. 
the claim is here. Get everybody on board. You're about to get smoked like we're Mayor Rob Ford. I I don't I think people remember that. I think people remember the crack smoking mayor of Toronto. T- people in Toronto definitely do. Toronto will um something about Drake, I'm guessing. Drake uh make a mistake. We we watch your six like we're Drake. Something like that. Something about the six. Oh, is there is there anything the, the 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 Leafs, I don't I don't know I don't know. I mean they they you're usually bad. Who's the good guy? John Tavares is that the guy on the Leafs? I I and I don't even know who you would make fun of on the Raptors. Pascal Siakam. We're gonna or you could say they were. We're gonna. We're gonna win and get out of this town like Kawhi. That that I mean now we're sort of treading into heel territory and and I think that they they generally don't want to come off as heelish to the home crowd. That that's the problem with the the face turn for the acclaimed is that good guys don't usually come out and and rap about how much this town sucks. It's hard to do babyface freestyle rap. Babyface freestyle insult rap is hard to do. What is he going to talk about? How Canadians are so polite? Something about that? Um, maybe. Maybe something about how they're going to beat you up and leave you some, or at least we're going to leave you somewhere that has health care. That, that could be unclear. Unclear what type of, what, what we're going to get. But I imagine, I, I bet you I've hit between health care, Drake, Rob Ford, either the Raptors or the Leafs, something about poutine. That that seems like I, I've hit at least a couple of the things that I think that Max Caster will will rap about tonight. I'm I'm confident in my list that I'm going to get something pretty close. Nyla Rose with Marina Shafir and Vicky Guerrero defeats Jordan Blade in two minutes and fifteen seconds. The daddy of the district, of course, had to show up for this. Fight Nyla Rose is in Freakazoid gear for this one. Uh, this this is a a big abandonment of continuity of whether Dark happens actually on like concurrent with Dynamite or if it's supposed to happen five days later because Nyla Rose stole Jade Cargill's title. We know that that happened and she doesn't have it here. That would have confused the crowd. I'm interested in seeing where that goes. Uh, first of all, the crowd was very happy to see Nyla Rose. That I thought that was pretty, that was, that was nice. How, how happy, 
they were to see a, a hometown gal like Nyla Rose. The choice to not have her actually wrestle on the Battle of the Belts, instead give Willow that spot to lose again, and instead extend give an extended story for Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill is an interesting one. I don't know what there is to get out of this. I generally don't like storylines where somebody stole the belt because I mean, I guess I guess the belt does mean a lot to Jade Cargill, but I don't know. I don't know, but it it is it is some story which is not what we always get in the women's division here. So sometimes Sometimes something that's not great is just still acceptable because it is better than the alternative. Anyway, always happy to see Jordan Blade, another Worcester favorite. Um, she doesn't last long, but what are you gonna do when when Nyla puts you on that? When my, Nyla puts you across the ropes like that, and then leg drops you, what are you gonna do? roll one way or the other so you're not perfectly balanced on a rope. No. You're gonna you're gonna take it. Dalton Castle and the boys defeat Brett Waters, Goldie, and Logan LaRue in four minutes. Wet Brett was the name that they called Brett Waters, which I enjoyed. Goldie the uh that that was one that was one thing that because I do generally like Riccoboni's telling you a little bit about these these other guys like like that he was wet bread and and if you didn't know Dalton Castle's response to, to trying to lock up with him told you that that man is wet uh, but he said like Goldie is the leader of a group called like the Golden Corral or something like that and. These guys are not members of the Golden Corral, so it was just extra information. I like I would if this guy has a a tag team that he or a stable that he usually fights with. Don't tell me that he's just fighting with some randos tonight. That doesn't do anything for me. Give me something else about Goldie. Why why does he have that name? That's it. Logan LaRue, I've seen around. I think he is I mean, he's the only one with a clickable name right now on on Cage Match. But Goldie, Wet Brett, Logan, that you didn't stand a chance against Dalton Castle and the boys. And those boys are very over. That mean the throwing of the boys is over which Dalton Castle does. It'll be interesting. I understand why Dalton Castle, maybe you want to wait until you can get your own trios champions over as trio champions before, I mean, Death Triangle is definitely over, but I but maybe get, get it established that who the trios champions are before you bring in the other trios champions on TV. Of course, there is a good chance that we may see Jericho fight Dalton Castle sometime soon. But, yeah, I would be looking for ways to get Dalton Castle on TV because, do people like to see him? And then we had the match of the night. The main event, Brandon Cutler defeats Serpentico 
in five minutes and 45 seconds. This is a 7.07 right now on on cage match. I wonder if you can see see the breakdown of how people voted for it. Um, yeah, somebody gave it a 10, a lot of eights and sixes. Uh, it, it's very funny. It, it's, uh, it, if you didn't watch it, go watch it. But because the whole idea of it is like, you're like, oh, Cutler and Serpentico, neither of these guys have been portrayed as very good. And they leaned into that for this match because neither of them got offense in for like the first minute and a half. They just kept reversing each other's trying at on offense. There was a uh, airplane splint that, that just made them both very, very dizzy. Uh, there was a there there was a point where they where they both like fell out of the ring. Uh, the, it it was they really leaned into. I think it's good that wrestlers are sometimes bad, and that that's just how they're portrayed to be. I think more wrestlers should have an obvious flaw flaw in their game. And Brandon Cutler's and Serpentico's are both that neither of them are particularly good at at wrestling. And they're sort of just extra guys. And just it was like if you could make something really entertaining out of a like a Thursday night football game. Like you get it you get the the Panthers and the Bears to face off and it's just it, and they do it in a way that it's not boring football. That would be I think I think that would be the best comparison. Am I saying that Serpentico is Baker Mayfield? Yes. And I want him to be in more commercials. Just like remember that? Remember when Baker Mayfield was in every commercial? You want you want to tell me that wrestling can't be mainstream, that you can't you can't make commercials and have have some commercial appeal with wrestling? Baker Mayfield was in every commercial for like a two year span. Serpentico is Baker Baker Mayfield. That's all I'm saying. And I'm, and I think that the the stats would back that up. But uh, yes, go out of your way. If you're only going to watch one match, go out of your way to watch Cutler Serpentico. It, it is goofy and it is fun. And it is, I think even like the, the, the known grumps who hate fun wrestling, who hate comedy wrestling, or who are like, wow, you're killing the business. That was like my Wario Cornette voice there. Wow. Wow. Where's the storytelling? That that's from now on. Anytime I, I'm just I'm just gonna do that voice from now on. Is is a warrior voice for for uh, uh, grouchy and otherwise unserious or bad faith wrestling criticism. It's all warrior now. The point being is is when people get mad about Orange Cassidy or the Pizza Guy or uh, somebody wrestling an Invisible Man or a blow up doll. This is a comedy wrestling that fits well into the established norms of the story and of the rules of wrestling, which is that these guys are both bad at wrestling, and that's why that the match turned out this way. So even if you're one of those types of bad faith 
dweebs, you can't even be mad about this because it does exactly what everybody would want it to do in terms of following the rules and still being funny. They should be commending this match for for what it is. It is it is elevating the business because it is showing how good the people who are actually good at wrestling are. We move on to AEW Dark number 165. I don't think I said that that elevation was number 84. I'm sure somebody was waiting to know which elevation it was so that they could use my episodes to catalog. It'll be in the name of the episode, so it doesn't really matter that much. Lance Archer defeats Alec Odin. Alec Odin dressed to the nines with American flags, uh, which, well, that's why you lost, man. I don't know what to tell you. They, um, yeah, it kind of looked, kind of looked like the karate instructor from Napoleon Dynamite. That would be my closest, or maybe Bandit Keith from Yu-Gi-Oh. That, that, that's the, those are my closest things that I could use to explain Alec Odin. And anyway, he actually lasted longer with Lance Archer, much like Papa Don in the last episode. Lasted longer than I expected that he might. And yeah, so that makes me wonder if Lance Archer is not just immediately crushing these guys, what is the plan for him? He used his very funny line that I heard him do at a live show where somebody points out he has a tramp stamp and he's called it a champ stamp. That's, that's a very, that's a very good line. And, and I, I was happy to see him use it again. Then, uh, I don't know otherwise what the plan is for him. If he's going to have competitive matches, give him an opponent to have a competitive match with somebody that he can, he can either beat or he can, I don't know. Did we get Lance Archer and Wardlow? I think we, I think we might've got that one already, but so, something where he can do something on TV that he can have a mid card feud with somebody that, that sounds, that sounds fun to me. I would like to see some mid card shenanigans for Lance Archer to get involved in. Don't don't ask me who with. My brain is not is is empty as far as who who who, who Wheeler Yuta. How's that sound? Wheeler Wheeler's done with. I think he lost pretty decidedly to MJF. He shook his hand and everything, or tried to shake his hand. I think uh, I think Yuta's probably going to face off against Lee Moriarty now because of because of. What happened? Dante Martin. There we go. Let me give me Lance Archer and Dante Martin. I don't know if we've ever gotten that match before, but strike while the iron is lukewarm. Jamie Hayter, Penelope Ford, and Serena Deeb defeat Brittany Blake, Jordan Blade, and Trisha Dora. So you know how I feel about Jordan Blade. You know how I feel about Trisha Dora. So you know how I must feel 
about the two of them getting put in that elusive club of losing on Dark and losing on Elevation in the same week. Don't like it, but they got to sh- they got to be part of this good match with this very. I mean, this is this is a repeat of the trio that they had during Dynamite, and I get why those three are together. The Taz or Excalibur made a point about how they're they're a well-rounded tag team, and I think if you think of like Hater as the powerhouse, Penelope is sort of the athletic one, and Serena Deeb is the technician. They do cover a lot of different styles with the three of them, so there may be more for them to do in the future. Obviously, Jamie is going to be doing work with Britt, who, for all of... I'm going to say that Britt does a lot of things really well, and she's had some great moments and great matches in AEW, but I don't think that she is a powerhouse or a, like, athletic, acrobatic, or a technician. But she does she does a lot of things well, so I'm not going to say it, but she, would, she wouldn't necessarily, she, I guess she would be the talker if they were going to become a trio, but I don't see, I don't see them other than a temporary alliance. Penelope Ford becoming part of the Tooth Commission, I can see, but Serena Deeb, she's got that Deeb's dojo that nobody ever actually sees, but she carries a flag for it. Deeb should be getting Brittany Blake, Jordan Blade, and Trisha Dora to join the Deeb Dojo because they could use it after that loss. They 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 didn't get a lot of sh- chance to show much for themselves because they were busy getting their ass. Especially Brittany Blake, who I didn't have any thoughts about going into this match, but oh man, did Jamie Hayter just toss her! So bring back Brittany Blake so that she can be thrown around, because she looks like she is good for that. Hikaru Shida defeats Marina Shafir with Nyla and Vicky. Hikaru Shida put Samurai on her face. I'm just keeping track of this, because she's putting these special messages on her face and then only appearing on dark and elevation. So somebody has to relay the message of what she's, what she's saying, what she's emoting. So she's emoting that she is a samurai on this, on this particular episode. She's going to be on dynamite tonight. I, I can't even be that upset because she's about to get some TV time. And hopefully that becomes either a feud with Britt Baker or a feud with, Jamie Hader, or maybe a feud with Tony Storm, but I, but either way, I see Sheeta as sort of the point of creating a feud tonight. And I could be wrong. I call my shot a lot on these things, and I'm wrong, but I feel strong about that one. Marina Shafir, I do not need to see do cartwheels. I think she should mostly keep to the things that she's good at. I think if if we want to talk about like how what I was saying before about how wrestlers should be bad at something. That should probably be what Marina Shafir is bad at. She should be bad at moving outside of her comfort zone because she's very good at the MMA type of stuff. So it should be a lot of her being ultra-focused on 
the one style that she does. Not cartwheeling, not trying to put any top rope maneuvers or anything. She should be very hyper-focused, and she should be good at what she does. Like, she, when she got into, like, a a, a, a sort of a, a war of punches, a, a striking competition with Sheeta, she definitely was outdoing Sheeta in that until Sheeta goaded her in and then and then reversed it. So she should stick to that because, yeah, there's not many people who are going to look more pow- like a more powerful striker than Sheeta, but Sh- Marina Shafir is one of them. And, yeah, keep that, keep that going. Brian Cage defeats Papadon. So Papadon, now part of that club with Jordan Blade and Trisha Dora. We've got a lot of people going into that club this week. Papadon losing to Brian Cage with Prince Nana. I don't know. I don't think Papadon was sandbagging, but it did seem like Brian Cage, the muscliest man, was having more trouble than usual with the the big strong moves, the drill claws and the and the other sorts of slamming F five style moves that he usually does. Again, I'm I would never accuse somebody of doing something like that because not because I don't think they would do it, but because I don't know shit about shit. I don't know when somebody does something like that. Anyway, uh, Papa Don. The Greek god is what he calls himself. And I have to say, one of my big takeaways of watching two Papadon matches is that is the most hairless Greek man I have ever seen in my life. The, the, the least hairy Greek person ever, possibly. The man was so smooth. Have you ever seen? I mean, Brian Cage, a machine, had more has more body hair than Papa Don. How oh, surprise like surprisingly hairless for a Greek person. The the that's all I have to say about the, the Greek god. I don't remember a Greek god named Papadon, personally. Papadon up on Mount Olympus. Not not a name that I can recall being up there. One name I can recall being up there, Athena, defeats Gia Scott. This was a lot of fun. Uh, this one was a, was a standout, I think. Athena... Wow, does she have a motor? She can just go in all types of matches. And she, she sometimes it, it kind of works against her that she wants to work a faster style match than a lot of her opponents. But is it fun when she does cool stuff? And I think that she let Gia Scott get just enough shine in this match to to elevate both of them. Uh, I as 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 has been stated on here before. I do think that that black talent uh, cares more about black enhancement talent 
and and for good reason, considering the the long history of racism in the wrestling industry. So it was good to see two two black athletes going at it and and giving each other a chance to look great. And this was this was a fun. This was more fun than a lot of the other matches on this episode. And Athena doesn't get to be Tony's tag team partner. And that's, that's got to be rough that you are. Because we know Tony's real tag team partner was Thunder Rosa. They had the t-shirt and everything. The other one she wants to be a tag team partner is Karoshita. Athena, you are third string. She calls you in when she absolutely needs you. It's time to be looking towards something else. Because that's not teaming with Tony. I, you might have even got it. You you were part of a trios match with Willow. You might be behind Willow now. Willow got the pin. So I don't know what to tell you, girl. But Athena, figure out something. Maybe fight Marina Shafir. If we're being honest, she's just around. It does seem like Nyla and Marina might be getting into some trouble with the baddies. So it will be hard to figure out where you might fit in there. But there are people around who are itching for a fight. And you just got to find them. The bunny appeared in a tweet I saw recently because they're going to Canada. And she's a Canadian. So maybe you can mess with her. Really take down that sense of Canadian pride. Or maybe, maybe I know that they already had a match together, but I would see them run back Penelope Ford and Athena. They're both they're both high energy. Uh, Penelope Ford's certainly coming into her own since since her return. Let's we we could have that be a a long term story. Q T Marshall defeats Action Andretti. This was maybe the match of the evening in terms of how well QT comes out there. He does his whole shtick. He gets the the crowd against him. He gets the crowd on Action Andretti's side. I have never heard of this guy in my life, and I was rooting for him pretty soon after this. He QT Marshall QT Marshall Mathers Cootie Marshall Matters, LP. And he makes a difference on shows like this. And and I would love to see this every show. Cutie just getting over some local talent that that seems to be just like a step below being a regular on Dark and Elevation. And now, if Action Andretti wants to come up to Worcester, if Action Andretti wants to go down... I assume he's mostly a mid-Atlantic guy. But if he wants to go... he This has opened up some doors for Action Andretti. He may, he did have a promo after this match later on. It's unclear exactly of what, what that promo was building towards. He... Maybe he maybe he'll fight Zach Clayton, who also had a promo 
and it was unclear what that one was building towards. But this is a great way to make me care about somebody who I did not care. I did not care at all. He's part of the he's part of the of the the now two losses uh, in back to back club, and I don't think he cares, and I don't think anybody cares because he's his star power is ten times what it was before I watched this match. And QT Marshall does all of the things he's supposed to do. He's just a complete consummate, consummate professional. And I, I mean, I don't know about his anything about what he does outside the ring, but when he's in the ring, he just becomes a just a vacuum for heat. Just sucks all of the like a black hole. I, is that what a black hole does? I don't know. Let's get Neil deGrasse Tyson in on here. It's like, actually, actually, a black hole cannot contain anything because uh, shut up, shut up, nerd. I'm sorry I even brought you in here. I'm gonna get QT Marshall to diamond cutter you because he does that very well. He everything that QT Marshall does is very precise and very. Intended, and that's why now I care about Action Andretti, and I didn't before. So thank you, QT Marshall, Marshalla, Marshalla. What? What's? I can't even say. It's a. It's a religious saying. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with QT Marshall matters. LP. Dalton Castle. And the boys defeat BK Klein, Joe Keys, and Josh Fuller. What is there left to say about Dalton Castle and the boys? They, they, the crowd got so behind them. Excalibur had to make a joke about how it kind of sounds like they're saying asshole when they say Dalton Castle, uh, when the crowd chants that. And it's true. I was thinking it. I'm sure a lot of people were thinking it, but I got I, I I can't even talk about it anymore because I because I'm he he's so ready and I think it's fine that he's where he is right now because it's just a really nice thing to have in the chamber with everything else you're working on on TV that you just have this guy on dark. That as soon as you need him, as soon as you have a thing that you need him to do, he will be right there doing it, doing it and doing it well. That That's that's a great that, that's an embarrassment of riches to have to have somebody like that. People talk about how, you know, AEW doesn't have the hype it had a year ago. It doesn't have a lot of things which is, it, are, are sort of going to be with the cyclicalness of the industry and everything else about wrestling that that's to be understood and to be expected. But it, it, it's a good sign when you have something like Dalton Castle, somebody the crowd cares so much about, despite I think he appeared on, he was in like a, maybe he was in a battle Royal and then he was in on an episode of battle of the belts and, and to have that type of enthusiasm from your crowd Bring him a boy. Kip Sabian defeats Brandon Cutler. This was not as fun as the other one because Kip Sabian is 
sort of inherently not that much fun. He did a thing with the box. I, I would love anybody to tell me what he did with the box. In fact, you know, it's not out of the question that before I hit record on this podcast, uh, a person materialized in front of me and they used this new, this new teleportation technology to just tell me the reason why Kip Sabian held up the box to his head and what he was trying. It seemed like he was holding the wrong side and he had like a flap up, which was hiding whatever the whole thing on the side was even supposed to be. Or maybe it was just with the mouth was whispering to him, whatever it is, it's possible that somebody materialized in front of me and told me that just before I started recording. And I would probably have just completely forgotten it because I just don't care. I don't care about Kip Sabian. I don't care about his fake gray hair. I don't, it's just, it's stolen valor from real gray heads like myself. I care about Penelope Ford. She's cool. I don't, I don't like his, he dresses like a, like a, like a, the ringleader at a fetish circus. I, it it just doesn't, it does nothing for me, Kip Sabian. And to have him, this very, serious guy in with Brandon Cutler like not serious in a fun way like Pac and our Orange Cassidy is fun because one is very serious and one is very but uh, Pac is serious because he's very good Kip Sabian is very serious and boring I hope I never meet Kip Sabian because I, I, this will be this will make it tough this will make it tough I, I I, he, he doesn't, he just doesn't do, I'm sure he's a very nice guy, other than the fact that he's British, but he's a handsome Brit, which is more than you can say for them as a country as a whole, so he's got a lot going for him, I, 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 I've enjoyed a few things here and there recently with him, but this just did nothing for me, nothing, Brandon Cutler's a stooge, he's with the heel young bucks who we haven't seen in a while, and I guess it was suspended and is not suspended, so that makes me wonder what the status of everybody else who was suspended is. But who was I supposed to root for here? Unclear. Uncaring. Tony Storm defeats Emi Sakura in a AEW interim women's title eliminator match. Got that wrong cage match. It was an eliminator match. She was going to get a chance to fight on Rampage if she won. So who knows what the Canadian crowd is going to get for Rampage? Perhaps the Bunny in a in some sort of a return. That that would that would or, or some sort of Canadian women's talent. Uh, I, you know what? Have Jade Cargill fight Lufisto. Sure, why not? That would be fun. I wonder if Lufus will show up. She has been out of dark. Maybe we'll see her maybe when we check out the very interesting dark elevation that we'll be getting next dark and dark elevation that we'll be getting next week. Canada style. If it was book, a book, it would cost extra. That's my Mitch Hedberg. Um, I already did all my Canadian sketch stereotype stuff. In in under the guise of being acclaimed bits, but 
any anyway, it's unclear what we're gonna get because Tony Storm won. Tony Storm, good. Emi Sakura. Th- this is sort of the style of match that I think works best for her. I don't particularly think Emi Sakura has a shtick that is great for two nights in a row for back-to-back watching. She does not. She has not in her recent appearances has not shown a ton of variety. And I remember being very impressed by her when I saw her in the in the in the second episode of Dynamite that I was at. I remember being impressed more by her than by the other people in that in that match. And uh yeah, that that's That, that's all I have to say, and it's good for Tony to have these matches. Anybody who is mad about this match uh, is a un- deeply unserious person. The people going to the Friday show got to see the women's champion stop being a, a dork. And that was the end of the show. What are you tell? Are you telling me that the women's world title eliminator match wasn't the main event? We had another main event. That was something with Dante Martin and Matt Seidel against the Factories, Aaron Solo, and Cole Carter. Are you telling me no? Are you saying that this match happened and it was and and it was okay, but it seemed like a weird way to end the show, and that there were too many spots that seemed very choreographed, and 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 the timing seemed off on some stuff, and Nick Camarado being really goofy on the outside was my favorite part. That doesn't sound right. I think that they would have ended the show with Tony Storm defeating Emmy Sakura. So I don't I don't know what you what you could possibly be talking about. Before we go, I said last week that I would celebrate with you the anniversary, three years of dark episodes. This this was aired on the eighth, so we, it was it would have been over the weekend or Friday, so we didn't get the chance to cover it. But these are the matches that represented the first episode of dark that 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 was on the 8th of uh, of October in 2019 recorded on the 2nd with that first show in DC similar to what we covered now we had Darby Allen defeating Sema we have not seen Darby Allen on dark in quite some time i understand why bigger talents earlier on were on dark more and dark was also a shorter show at this point uh, but Sema, we have not seen in a very long time. I don't, I don't even remember if I particularly enjoyed Sema. I just remember him being around at the beginning. We had Angelico and Jack Evans in the Hybrid Two, and the Lucha Brothers defeat Best Friends and Private Party in an eight-man tag team match. That was that was something that with Orange Cassidy by the side. We had not seen Orange Cassidy wrestle yet. He was just enjoying his time with the best friends at that point. Uh, Jack Evans obviously has moved on to other stuff. Angelico, uh, Angelico and Private Party are now maybe sort of still part of the same group. It, it's hard to hard to say for certain. Uh, best friends still together. 
the, the Lucha Bros do seem like they're sort of on another level than everybody else in this match. I mean, the best friends, I guess, are kind of near near that. Uh, but it, and it's interesting to see that that the Lucha Brothers uh, were teaming with uh, TH2 at this point. Um, just interesting. We had Allie, speaking of the bunny, back when she was Allie, with Britt Baker, DMD, defeated Bree Bree, B. Priestley and Penelope Ford. Uh, first of all, they just went 10 minutes, which is crazy. I would love to see a women's match go 10 minutes on Dark anytime soon. This went the longest of any match on this particular episode of Dark. Um... We had Ali and Britt both working face in this match. Both, both obviously no longer that. Penelope Ford was a heel, still is a heel. B Priestley, I believe, is in NXT now. She was in NXT UK, which does not exist anymore. Let's just double check what her name is. Blair Davenport. And, uh... Yeah, so she hasn't had a match since NXT Worlds Collide. She had, so she, yeah, she has not been on NXT TV since August. But I think it, it, it goes without saying, just because of the pandemic and where she can get time, I think she made the right move in being an NXT UK talent, probably for herself. And yeah, I don't I don't have any opinion on her. I don't really remember her that well. But bad job, Tony, uh, giving your women's talent early on the feeling like they were doing something that mattered. Priscilla Kelly is another one who who's now Gigi Dolan uh, dropped the ball on that one. There are probably some others, but. It's very funny that they had more time for a women's match back then for sort of a lower average quality of talent than they have right now and uh, fewer stories. Like, they were, like well, what was the, what possible story were they building to here? Whatever it was, it got scrapped pretty early. And then we had SCU, all three of them, Daniels, Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky, defeating Jurassic Express. That was Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco stunned. So, Marco, I hope hope you're getting some bookings. Hope hope it's going well for you, my dude. Uh, Christopher Daniels is still around. Frankie Kazarian still around. Scorpio Sky is injured. Be interesting to see what happens with him when he comes back. It'll it'll be an an exciting chance for him to get the stink of his TNT title reign off of him and and do something more fun maybe, maybe if maybe if we have a Ethan Page champion maybe all Atlantic champion by then then Scorpio Sky coming in as the face to face his former partner that could be fun that there there are a number of things you can do with Scorpio Sky when he comes back um, and hopefully he recovers soon. And yeah, so 
this, these were the original darks, four matches. I guess you had, you had fewer people that you were trying to build up wins for. You, I, I think, I think if not for the pandemic, there, we would still see dark episodes that are, did look more like this. But then when dark comes and you have a chance to just put all this content and just with the numbers you do get on YouTube, which are good numbers, I feel like you'd be foolish to be like, oh, we're going to cut the number of just just for the sake of 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 the keeping dark as a distinguished show, cutting down the number of squashes, cutting down the number of matches. No, I think that the number of matches probably helps with the viewership and it probably helps with the ad revenue that they get for it. So I, I, I would say that they're probably correct to just having opened up that that Pandora's box of, of pandemic level two hour darks. I think they've probably done the right thing by keeping them longer with more talent and more people get paid, which I like. So those are my closing thoughts on where dark is. I would like to see more matches like some of the ones we saw in this dark. Uh, but I, at the same time, I, I like, I also like that we get to see a larger variety of people now. And uh, I, uh, that's that's all I have to say. That's I, I we we covered everything I wanted to get to because all I ever want to talk about is these dark matches with you people, and I hope you enjoyed it. And just remember that uh, I love talking to you all every single week. It it gives me something to do. I hope it gives you something to do to listen to it. And and I hope we can continue to enjoy it. Please share this podcast. We are so close to getting monetized. Please get some people out there listening. Thank you. Much love.